Hi, I'm Meredith. And I'm Katie. And you're listening to I'm Not Scared, You're Scared. A horror movie podcast. If you are a fan of the show, please like and follow us on iTunes and Spotify and review us. It'll help spread the word. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared or email us at I'm Not Scared, You're Scared at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us. We're here to talk about Silence of the Lambs. You probably have never heard of it. I mean, it's really <laughs> obscure, very, very unfamiliar to most people. The fucking dog. <laughs> We're 10 seconds in and there's a fucking dog barking. Yeah, but it's like hot. So it is hot. Yeah, you can't close that window. Okay. So it's from uh, 1991, Silence of the Lambs. We are going to be talking about that in depth. I love that movie so much. But first of all... Um, we gotta catch up a little bit. That's so. true, because you know th- some things have happened, some things have gone down, and I would really like to know what's new with Meredith. Um, I went to this. <laughs> 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 okay, so I I I talked about this in my staff meeting too. Like, what was the thing you did this summer? And oh, I was no. like, I was not even ashamed of it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I play World of Warcraft. All our longtime listeners know they know this, and. Um, we have our guild, and I met up. With, <laughs> What's called, the name of your guild, Meredith? It's called, it's called Lobster Squad. <laughs> so we met up in. Um, well, we went, we flew to Chicago, and we had <laughs> two of our lobsters stay in our hotel room. Like they shared the bed um, opposite us. Oh so it was really my fun. god! And like we got in bed, and they're like, "Good night, lobsters," <laughs> and it was like really dorky and then we drove to um grand rapids and 22 of us can be all over the country like arizona new jersey manhattan um florida and there's like a pediatrician there's a child psychologist <laughs> like um a finance bro like, like all walks of life all walks of life and we all came together to play this video game so like we get together and we're not gaming, all right? We're just like cooking out. We're playing cards. We're Why like, did I think you were gonna say cooking math? <laughs> uh, I really don't know. <laughs> like we're nerds, maybe. No, the, the mind just fills in the blanks sometimes. <laughs> um, so it was really, it was really fun, and we just like hung out. We we rented like three lake houses on a cul-de-sac, mm-hmm. and. Um, my our engineer slash my fiance rented all of all three of them and one of them housed like 10 guys mm-hmm. and one of them housed um the rest and then one of them housed two people that were like um one of the guys he's like 15 he's like i'm not sharing a space with anybody and <laughs> i'll I, come but i'm not i'm not, I'm not doing that shit so i joked i was like can we make that house like 40 and older and i will come but victor, <laughs> victor can't, can't come. <laughs> So I was joking, right? Yeah. But then we got there, and the beds were like, like a blanket on like a wind, like wood. Oh it god! It was so uncomfortable, and everyone Camp Crystal Lake style. Yeah, yeah. And all the people were like, tr- I called them trash babies because they kept they're like in their twenties, and they kept leaving like little bits of trash and crumbs everywhere. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not I your don't mom. Like this. <laughs> but I was like so sleep deprived. I was like, hey, can we like ask? 
like maybe get a hotel or ask if we can crash because they had two bedrooms in that one house mm-hmm. and they're like for you definitely because they know i'm like not ridiculous so we stayed there and crashed there but the crazy part is um one of the houses had a gas leak <laughs> oh, no. so our guild leader his like screen name is fob so he was like taking a nap and one of our other <laughs> it was like 10 30 and one of our other guild members he walked over and he's like this big dude and he like he's like smells weird and then he went and got victor and he's like come over here it smells kind of weird and victor like was walking up and the door was he was not even to the door and he's like it smells like yeah i'm not going in there, <laughs> I'm not going in there. so he was like wake up uh our, wake up fob so like we kind of get into the, the habit of calling people by their screen names it's really dorky but that's just like how it is wait what's your screen name julian julie everyone just calls me julie which is not my name actually <laughs> it seems like a real name though like a real first name so we got him out and he like been taking a nap we called it the gas house (laughs) (laughs) so later like a few days later once everyone was home like we everyone like we got an effort place to stay it was like not a big deal but um there was like a t-shirt that somebody designed i don't know if they're actually gonna print it but it was like uh gas house survivor from alto <laughs> michigan and then it has like only 20, a, 2023, oh, 2023 <laughs> and it has like a lobster that's like injured like <laughs> and, um, and it says like only a little a little bit of brain damage <laughs> so that was our big crazy story but it was really fun getting to everybody but um yeah. and how was, many times have you done this now it's been a couple years right it's my second year, and Victor's done it, like, three years in a row. And nice. it's, it gets bigger every year. Like, yeah. the first year was six people. Last year was 12. This year was 22. That's amazing. I told Victor, I was like, we're getting our own place. I'm getting, as Danny Glover says, I'm getting too old for this. <laughs> <laughs> as the illustrious Danny Glover tells us. <laughs> he was, us. like, 40 when he said that, and I'm like, that, Hello. that's me. That's me. <laughs> so it was uh, an epic journey, and... Um, I'm doing it again next year. So That's it was really very fun. cool. But uh, uh, we also have a guest. A special today, guest. A special guest. So special. Um, Katie's significant other, Tom. Is you said, here. I mean, he's my husband. No, he's whatever. I mean, no. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband. Your I husband. don't know. Significant um, other was like, well, yeah, you know. Is it? Do you, can you, is that, that's just a blanket term? Yeah. I yeah. think it's blanket. But. Okay. Um, yeah, I appreciate you for correcting me. So. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's one of my favorite things to do in life. Is that makes people. one of us. Oh, makes one of us. shit. Um, <laughs> anyway, so Thomas joined us uh, to talk about this movie because I think he really likes it. Maybe? I do. Yes. Yeah. But, well, yeah. But, um, but don't put the card ahead of the horse. No, no. He's going to tell us what's new with him. What's new with you, Tom? Uh, what's new with me? So uh, I am Katie's significant other and Monday slash was husband. slash husband <laughs> and Monday was our 19th anniversary. So we uh, took the long trip uh, to go from the sunset to downtown San Francisco. And good 20 minute Uber. <laughs> good 20 minute Uber. Yeah. Stay uh, at the St. Francis in on Union Square and uh, went to Top of the Mark, hiked up the hill Um Oh Wait, yeah, like you exercise on your hand. Yeah, yeah. Katie's like, oh yeah, it's close. We don't need an Uber. And I was like, there's like, what was it a two hundred foot? Two hundred foot. Yeah, because she's was, like, oh, that's not that bad. I'm like, that's a twenty showed, story building. He showed You're me like, the like, like little. Bit. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> my butt's aching. <laughs> so that was the first night. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, and then the next day was breakfast at the ferry building. Yeah. Uh, ferry over to Sausalito. Uh, lunch at Scomas. Yeah. Uh, came back and dinner at Spruce. Yeah, which was kind of funny. Cause like we had a gift card for this restaurant and we were like, okay, we, we're going to use it. We're just going to go. And we're in the Uber on the way to the restaurant. And we were like, what, like two thirds of the way home <laughs> getting to this restaurant. Yeah. So did that. And then Sears find food for breakfast the next day before yeah. we took the long trek back out to the sunset. So yeah. mm-hmm. it was a nice short trip. So yeah. it sounds like a fun, um, like anniversary Staying at home, but like get away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Didn't waste a ton of time with travel. Right. Um, so. Yeah. No long plane rides. Lots no food, no rented yeah. cards. Yeah. No problem leaving the kids at home because yeah. we were like, twenty minutes away. See you later. Yeah. yeah no. Pretty literally, much. I mean, and Text they stayed. They problem. stayed uh, overnight alone. Like they they haven't done that before. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fourteen and sixteen, and like we weren't far away, and you know they're they are very independent and everything. But it was the first time, and it was two nights that yeah. they were home alone overnight yeah they did were they like this is fine yeah. they were fine <laughs> grace grace doesn't like it that i make tommy the captain but yeah oh. she yeah he somebody well, has wait, to like what would she do if it, like if she was the captain she like, would be fine i'm the boss now no no, no it wouldn't she be just that. didn't want it's either of them to be the somebody boss, needs probably. to be designated <laughs> in charge the dog is the boss but, yeah, <laughs> but the much. dog's in charge oh shit garth's gonna run the place Garth's yeah. in charge of everything. That's right. Yeah. Everybody's eating crap for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Literally. Oh my gosh. So. Well, that sounds like a great uh, anniversary. Yeah. That was really fun. That it was, was a lot really of fun. awesome. Um, so thank. I'm glad you're here. We can thank talk you. about this movie. Uh, at least I'm I'm stoked. But before we get to that, Katie, what's new with you? I have no fucking idea. Gee, thanks for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, like, obviously the... You haven't even started school yet. I know. Well, and that's the thing. Like, I would have I like something... like daggers at you. I know. I'm sorry. So, yeah, Meredith Meredith started three days ago. She had three uh. days this week. I don't start until next week on Tuesday. Um, but I did have, like, my, you know, epic faculty meetings and stuff this week and we've been it's been kind of a challenge getting our classrooms ready not not as big a challenge as you have year after year moving from one classroom to That's another completely um, <laughs> and actually you're gonna hate me even more when i tell you why we're delayed um because they're installing new flat panel monitors in every classroom like these massive to pr- replace our old projectors <laughs> first world problems yeah yeah, yeah. Um, i'm like you do be cool book <laughs> <laughs> be so, I'd be so and pencils. <laughs> Excuse me, parents. Uh, I can need pencils. <laughs> I can't teach them to read without I need words. Pen. I need books. Paper. <laughs> Give me alms for paper. Alms for paper. Um, oh, but yeah, like cool, we. Um, <laughs> They, they started, like, they were already planning it last, it, during last school year, because there was one classroom that was vacant uh, from the teacher that up and quit, um, mm-hmm. and so yeah. that was the test classroom where they, like, took down the old projector system and everything and um, installed this new monitor system that, like, you know, you uh, cast to, mm-hmm. rather than being, like, hard plugged into, and there, there's just these, like, giant screens that are on little um, bracket arms that you, like, pull you can pull down and push up and, oh, and everything. Cool. Yeah. And they'll be, you know, vastly superior to the old projectors that we had where it's like once your bulb gets a little dim, nobody can read shit. Oh, um, I have a cast. Is it, was it a Casio kind of 
anything? Or I don't know. I don't know. That's what I have now. But um, I'm going to have it probably until I'm dead. Yeah. <laughs> and all your students are dead. <laughs> no, and the, we're, all dead. we're all dust in the ground. Um, but yeah, they were already planning on doing this changeover and some major, major rewiring in the school building because our school uh, was founded in 1948. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's an old building. Right. And um, the last time anything was rewired was like over 20 years ago. So they had these plans for this summer. And then we ended up hosting a summer school program that was using the majority of our classrooms for the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And so they had less time than they expected um, to make these changeover. And they are not done. And like we had, you know, it's like school starts on it right now. It is Friday night. School starts on Tuesday. And like some classrooms, they're like walls are still open with wires hanging everywhere and like plaster Mm -hmm. on the floor. And like this morning I was walking down the hall past our, you know, our darling little like 26 year old custodian who was like crouching in the hallway, like touching up the paint on a classroom door. I was like, Caesar, that's not a priority right now. Stop fucking painting that door. He's like, well, it's too late. I'm already painting it. wet paint people um so you know we've been all been trying to get the classrooms ready around the work and like you know the spaces in the room that aren't going to be interrupted we can get those spaces ready um but we also once again in my little teaching crew of fifth and sixth two of the four teachers are new to the school this year um, and so they're they're trying to get their bearings. They're trying to settle into a new space and figure out all the ins and outs and learn how the school operates. And and it's like, oh, but you can't get your classroom ready because there's, you know, there's wires dangling there's- from the ceiling. Don't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Parks and Rec where they have the shower and he calls it Spark Shower. What is the whole thing called? Where there's like a, like a wire hanging down yeah. in the shower. And he's like, I call that like danger wire or like our death wire. I can't remember what it's called. Oh my um, but yeah, so our, our hopes, we were told by our principal last week that everything would be ready. Our classrooms would be ready for us this past Monday. Mm-hmm. I repeat, it is now Friday. Um, no classroom, to my knowledge, is completely ready. Uh-huh. Um, and so now the hope is that they will all be ready this coming Monday, the day before the students show up. Um, I mean, I really thought I would lobby for just pushing the start day of the school year back a week because we're, You're like, we're not private right. school. We can do it. We, we do whatever we want. You're paying us to teach your children something. I don't we're know. We're not even beholden to the state. <laughs> just to the Lord Jesus. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's really what what's new with again? me is is just yeah. you know trying to get ready. And I mean, I feel like I'm in a, in better shape than a lot of the classrooms and than a lot of the teachers because it is a space that I've used the past two years. So I didn't yeah. have a lot of things that needed to be done or set up or anything. Uh-huh. Um, it's just kind of an annoyance. But I'm trying to also support these other new teachers that are that are coming yeah, in. That'll be fine. <laughs> and they're both like very experienced teachers. It's just the fact that the the school um, is new to them. But. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, for, I mean, I forgot. Like, we also have construction. Oh yeah, like, the whole half of our, uh, like the whole next to our main building, it's all under construction, and the whole like fields where all the third, fourth, and fifth graders play, it's all under construction. <laughs> so everybody is on the kindergarten, first and second grade side. Everybody in yeah. the whole school. You're like, and I kind of like now that you said that, I'm like, oh yeah, that's happening. Because <laughs> it's been a few years that our school's always been like, yeah, stuff has been going on. Because I helped pass that bond. You're like, it seemed like a good idea at the time. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea, and I'm annoyed that I did. I'm like, you know what? We don't need new things. No, <laughs> let's just stick with the old things. <laughs> I know. Well. 
But hopefully it'll be fast and, and get settled. And, and if it isn't, yeah. it isn't. You know, that's that's the nature of teaching is yeah. you just take what you are handed, what you have in the moment, and you figure it out. Pretty much. And they're like, well, good luck. And you're like, sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to electrocute all your children. <laughs> <laughs> Danger wire. <laughs> Danger wire. I don't know if that's what it's called, but I'll, I'll call it that. So <laughs> I'm doing the synopsis. I've already had a glass of wine and I had like cheese for lunch, so like hopefully I won't get too. Do you really only have one glass? Well, how? Why am I so far ahead of you? I don't know. I'm I like little bird zips. I yeah, I had like three. Oh well. Am I slurring my I words? You're like one to brag. I've only had three. <laughs> <laughs> but I had I had a, an ample lunch. So an ample lunch. I did not. Yeah. I had crackers and then there was like, I mean I had I was at school so I was like oh I have stuff to do and. Oh Hold my on, God! Excuses. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but I figured that you would expect that you know to, you needed to be prepared to be drinking heavily tonight. <sighs> yeah, and yeah. you did. Well, I ate a steak. That's so true. We can drink later. We did have. have we should. We should shout out Victor's steaks before we begin. Oh yeah, he made. Okay, so I did. I helped not like in the least. Yeah, like, no, I chopped no, up you. Some <laughs> That's really all I did. Um, but so Victor I, I, made us a lovely dinner today. Yeah, exactly. it, was, yes. it was really good. Like steak and potatoes and broccoli. broccoli. It was really good. So and Charlotte like had it. macaroni and cheese. Yeah, Charlotte <laughs> had macaroni and cheese. Okay, so Silence of the Lambs. I'm doing the synopsis. So um, it opens with a woman running a course and pulling herself up a rope. She jogs through the woods. She's sweaty and wearing pearl earrings, which I found odd. Anyway. I mean, that's probably dress code for <laughs> yeah. ladies at the yeah. CIA. So as she, uh, she's like, you know, climbing rope walls, all that stuff. So and a man wearing an FBI hat interrupts her and tells her that Crawford wants to see her in his office. So she hustles over to the behavioral science office to talk to him. She goes to wait for Crawford in his office where she sees um, a lot of newspaper clippings that say, like, Bill Skins Fifth, and um, along with a lot of different uh, gruesome crime scenes that are photographed. Uh, Crawford talks to her about how uh, bright Clarice is. Clarice is our main character. Uh, for all of you who have never seen this before, I don't <laughs> know. She's an actress named Jodie Foster, Foster, if you've He's, never heard of her. Yeah. Uh, she's a little unknown yeah, right. <laughs> uh, um, So he wants, he's talking, Crawford is her uh, mentor, and he's talking to her about how bright she's, she is, how she's doing very well in the academy of um, the uh, FBI. And he wants her to try to talk to Hannibal Elector, who is a serial killer in an asylum. She's asked to report about his cell, his drawings, and just kind of get a profile on him. So she goes to the asylum and a smarmy, I call him smarmy guy. Uh, <laughs> oh, Dr. Chilton? Yeah, Dr. Chilton is there telling her the protocols, but not before he comments on her attractiveness and how hi- and him offering her to show her a night out on Baltimore. Gross. And she politely is like, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> no, thank yeah, they have a whole separate class at the FBI at this time for women dealing with men in with a professional women. capacity. Like, <laughs> I actually have to go back to uh, Quantico to yeah. talk to Crawford. She's like, I'm um, sorry, Dr. Chilton, I'm on my period. Right. <laughs> Um, so she has to go see Dr. Lecter on her own, since she knows that Lecter is not a fan of Dr. Chilton, and Chilton's like, well, you could have told me before I walked all the way down here. She's like, well, see ya. No, she was like, well, then I would have missed the pleasure of your company. So, like, she's, she's doing her fair share of manipulating. what to do. Yeah. When she's, like, dealing with these guys. So she goes inside, and Dr. Lecter is surprised that Trini was sent to talk to him. 
He asked Clarice what the jerk next door said. He sa- she goes, oh, he said, I can smell your CEO next Tuesday. Uh, but she didn't say that. No, she, she said the, she said the, the, the naughty word. Um, and he said that... Um, I myself <laughs> cannot. Yeah. He says that he can't say that word. And um, he analyzed her after she tries to persuade him to take this test that she brought. Because she kind of like fumbled. She like tries to like, I brought you this test. You know, here you go. And he's like, yeah, Maybe no, you could no. lend me your view on, because she comments yeah. on the drawings that he does of Florence. Right. Um, and he's like, yeah, you, you kind of you know, fumbled that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Lecter asks. Uh, he's like, is this about Buffalo Bill? And she's like, well, no. And um, he basically tells her she's one step away from like poor wet trash. And he tells her to kind of, you know, get going. And, but he seems um, intrigued. So he, this is also the famous scene where he tells her about a census taker and how he ate him with fava beans and a nice bottle of Chianti. Um, so on her way out, that creep... Uh, Migs, who's like his mm-hmm. cellmate next door, he f- was J-O-ing. <laughs> J-O-ing. <laughs> and he threw his ejaculate on her. She's like very like, oh, what the heck? And Lecter... Oh, she said that really clinically. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh, Lecter summons her back and she gets super close to the to the glass, which she was told was like a no-no. Don't get close to the glass. Don't approach the glass. Uh, Lecter's really upset about Migs and he tells her, um, he's like, go find Miss Moffat. Yep. So he takes, she takes that um, little nugget of information and, and leaves. Later, Crawford tells her that Miggs killed himself after basically Electric talked him into it because yeah. he was like very upset about what he did to Clarice. He yeah, thought he that said, was, like, I can't abide rudeness. Yeah, he was very, he thought it was very untoward. He was like, you know, he, he killed, he like manipulated him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then she gets a lead on Miss Moffat's um, storage facility and she goes to investigate. It's creepy and gross, and it's like raining. It's dark. She goes. It's like in. worst case scenario storage wars. No, yeah. what, what is that show? Not is it storage wars yeah. where they yeah. bid on the contents yeah. when they don't know what's in it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, it's so there's yeah, like an old that. guy who lets her inside. I love that part when she's like, they can't get the door all the way up, yeah. and they have the jack, and she's like sliding under, and she goes, "If I if this door should fall on me or <laughs> something else," and she yeah. gives him like a business card, like call, call these call, people at the FBI, they know that you're with me. Exactly. So he's waiting outside. She goes inside, and there's a lot of old furniture. So like a stuffed owl, all sorts of real, like things. She finds a um, an old hearse covered in a flag, and she goes inside, and she finds um, a jar inside with a head being stored uh, inside. As one does. So she um, she calls it in. They they find out, you know, like trying to find out more about that. Clarice returns to see Hannibal. Um, she also solves the anagram Hester Moffat or uh, is or. Miss Moffat is Miss the rest of me and less um, Dr. Les, Le, Lecter. Um, he kind of like enjoys that she was able to solve that. She, he's yeah. like, okay, maybe you're like on my level a yeah. little bit. Cause well, he's, he's obviously like a genius. Yeah. And she, that's how she ended up with, she figured out that storage facility. Cause he said, look deep within yourself. Mm-hmm. And she was like, that's kind of hokey. And then she, so she searched it and yourself was the name of the storage facility. Right. So she had to like solve a riddle, even to figure out where the storage facility right. was. Yeah. So then Dr. Lecter passes her a towel. Her hair is wet from the rain and her getting to his facility and um, asks her a bit. He asks her again about uh, Buffalo Bill. He wants to see his file. And then he reveals that the person's head in the jar was 
Benjamin Rathbell. Rathbell? I can't remember. Rathbell, yeah. If that was correct, how I'm pronouncing it. Who was his former patient. He said that he found a way... um, or found that way, he was found that way, excuse me, Lecter found him that way, and mm-hmm. he kind of tucked him away. Yeah. Um, he was like, I didn't kill him, I just found him like that. So Lecter then um, tries to say that Crawford probably watched her sexually, and that's like what he's mentoring him, or mentoring whore. She, bre- she like, <laughs> mentoring whore. <laughs> Oops. Her. <laughs> she, she's the mentor whore. Mentoring her. That yeah. was a slip of the, the tongue. Um <laughs> that's what she said no he was just trying to like insinuate that the whole reason crawford's mentoring her is to kind of get into her pants and like that she's not that he's trying to like ruffle her feathers all the time Mm -hmm. um and she brushes him off and then she's like um at this point he insinuates that he knows who buffalo bill is and he can do a profile on him and but he wants he wants stuff in return and he says he wants to remove it with a view and he tells her that it's in her best interest to make sure that she helps him because bill is hunting right now mm-hmm. so then we cut to the scene he is hunting and we see um our actor what's his name tom levine ted, levine. ted, levine. ted levine, yeah me. we were just talking about him when we did the um hills have eyes hills remake have episode yeah yeah so Buffalo Bill is in Tennessee. He gets his next victim. Um, he's pretending to load a couch into a van, very much like Ted Bundy would do. Like um, yeah, yeah, yeah. pretend he was like wearing. You needed help and everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, By the way, th- this scene spoils Tom Petty's American Girl for anybody that sees this movie because that's when Catherine Martin, when she's like driving down the road and like American Girl, she's like singing it in the I car and everything. Yeah. And then when she like pulls it, I'm like, anytime I hear that song, that is the scene I think of. Yeah. Um, there's a few songs in there that's like that are like ruined forever <laughs> from this movie. It's a very powerful movie. I know. So um, he's acting like he's in distress. He he lures this woman named Catherine to help him help load the van. Um, uh, excuse me, a couch into a van, and he inquires her as she's like shoved into the van. He's like, "Are you about a size 14? <laughs> and then he like knocks her out, and then they take off. Then we see uh, Clarice is being taken to West Virginia because they found the body of a Buffalo Bill victim. On the way, Clarice mentions um, a, the letter to Crawford and the offer to help um, with Buffalo Bill. She wanted to be on in on the objective to have Lecture help with Buffalo Bill. And Crawford's like, you know, if, we, if you knew that this is what our objective was, he would have known immediately. So yeah. it was better that you were kept in the dark. And she didn't really like that. Yeah, but... she felt like she'd been played. Yeah, exactly. So then at the funeral home, Clarice is surrounded by men, um, you know, police officers and deputies and all this stuff. I love all those scenes. <sighs> There's like that. And then at the very beginning, when she gets on the elevator at the FBI mm-hmm. building after she's been out running the she's course, like because so tiny. She, yeah, she's <laughs> such a short woman. And they take these opportunities to put her in these settings to really just kind of bring attention to the fact that she's the only woman mm-hmm. in any of these scenarios by, yeah. you know, putting this very petite woman and surrounding her by all and of these they very all tall, large like men. Better all yeah. The, they're like, yeah but it's like if she was you know our you know like a a tallish woman it wouldn't be such a dramatic element to have her surrounded by all these men but because she is so petite yeah it's more obvious and apparent like oh yeah like she one of these things is not like the other yeah definitely and uh, always how they like look at her too yeah it's um it's obvious they want us as a viewer to look at like notice that for Mm -hmm. sure so um so she's Surrounded by all those men and the funeral home, and um, 
Crawford asks to talk to the sheriff in private. Then she has a flashback of her own of her father's funeral. Um, and it kind of like startles her. She's kind of like remembering that part of her life. Then she takes control of the room and she um, she's like actually flashback to like present time. And she tells all the room, she's like, you know, you can all leave. She's in good hands. You know, we're going to take it from here. And they kind of all look at her and regard her and like kind of assess her for a moment. And then they all leave. They're like, are we going to actually <laughs> listen to this teeny tiny woman or are we not? They're like eating coffee and like drinking yeah. coffee. Like, Around this dead body. Yeah. And she's like, you can go. So then the remaining men, who's, like, Crawford, the, um, like, pathologist, and Mm -hmm. and her, they all kind of put this ointment under their nose, um, like a mentholatum kind of ointment. Yeah, for the smell. Yeah, because of the smell. Uh, Clarice examines the body. They notice her glitter polish, her earrings, and um, she comments, like, she's not local because at the time, like, it's kind of unique to have those different um, style choices. Um, where they were. At this point, they discover a bug cocoon in her throat. Uh, she takes it to a museum and has, I said, some dorks. Look oh my at god, <laughs> I love those cocoon. dorks. She okay. gets hit on again. Yeah, so she, she goes to the museum and the moth, they discover, they're kind of investigating, researching. Yeah, they like dissect the cocoon right, to which find. Is, um, a really crazy scene. So yeah. uh, they find that the moth is death called a death head moth from asia it's not local and it's definitely raised it's not something that's just found out in nature yeah they were like um, this was imported and fed and nurtured and yeah and yeah. put in the victim's mouth on purpose yeah like it was too far back to have accidentally gotten in there mm-hmm. in the river because that that body was found in the river right right um so then Hugh buffalo bill's place There's <laughs> moths, sewing projects a sewing uh, project. He's, he's like in 4-H just you know sewing yeah, it's, it's like Pee-wee's Playhouse kind of <laughs> yeah um, I do like his music choices yeah, yeah. no he's um, living his best life yeah and then his victim Catherine is yelling from the bottom of a well um so then follow the following scene it's revealed that Catherine is the daughter of a senator who makes a plea for Catherine's life on live on live television Clarice goes back to see Dr. Lecter she has an offer for him to leave the facility where he presently is we can go one week of the year and walk on the beach with a swashing guard guard, um, and he says he'll answer her questions if she answers his question quid Um, pro quo yeah Quote, 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 Clarice, not Larice. Hello. No, um, That's a tongue twister, though. Yeah, a, a little bit. So he gets her to confess that one of the worst memories that she has of her her entire life was the death, death of her father, who was killed in the line of duty, which left her an, an orphan. She's like, I was basically all alone when my dad died, and mm. it just like really impacted me a lot. Um, Lecter asked if the girl that they found was a large girl. And if there was a butterfly in her mouth. I love it when he goes, was she big through the hips? <laughs> Roomy? <laughs> and, and she goes, yeah, she was a big girl. She was a big girl. She was a big girl. So then um, there was one in the head too, uh, found too, as it turns out, um, that they found in the storage facility, a moth as well. In that throat. And it's at that point where that part is revealed. The significance of the moth as Lecter kind of says, is change and wanting to change. Clarice then also states there's no correlation between being 
transsexual and then violence. He's like very good, Clarice. Like he's always kind of impressed with her at this point. Yeah, no, and yeah, um, he's he's fascinated yeah, by he, her, and he's hard to fascinate. Definitely, he usually thinks everyone is a dumbass, basically yeah. all the time. Um, she feels like she's on something, but then Lecter wants more information from her about her own life. She tells him that she went to go live with her mother's cousin on a ranch for two months, and it was brief because she ran away. Lecter asked if she was like, were you molested? And, yeah. and she's like, no, he was, they're very kind to me. That wasn't it. Um, and then he gives her more information that Bill was not actually a trans person, but probably applied for a sexual uh, reassignment, but was rejected because, like, that's not actually who he is. Right. So it wouldn't have been approved. Psychologically, right. uh, it's not appropriate. Um, and then at this point, when she's about to get more information, his smarmy psychologist also, it's revealed that he's listening in on this, too. Who, Chilton? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so then at this point, there's the famous scene in the movie. It, flashes, it goes back to um, Buffalo Bill's place. Where Catherine is in the bottom of the well and he's Just like screaming her head her. off. She's like, no. And he's like trying to get her to use the lotion. <laughs> he's like, if it says lotion on this again, or it gets the hose again. And it's like, I always randomly shout that out at people. <laughs> um, Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> so then, um, at this point, the flashlight kind of reveals that there's, like, scratch marks inside the well, and she's horrified to see, like, a bloody nail yeah, in the well. So she's in not the, well, the first person scream- that's been yeah. down there. She's screaming, and Bill thinks that's a hoot and starts shouting out <laughs> at her. Yeah, no, he, like, starts imitating her scream, her scream, and then he's, like, playing with his own nipples while he does yeah, it. Yeah, he thinks it's, he thinks it's he's fantastic. He's having a great time. He's like, this is stupid. This is kind of fun. Having fun. <laughs> Um, so then it uh, revealed that Clarice unknowingly offered a phony deal to get um, information to to Lecter. Yeah, like, um, the FBI never had any intention yeah. of doing any of the things they were offering. Yeah, and Doctor Chilton made this is is telling um, Lecter this all of this information. He makes him another offer, and Lecter is um, he's like, I actually have a real offer for you. And yeah. the senator's daughter is, is taken, and we need your help and. Um, and Lecter hates him, basically. Oh, yeah. He's a piece of shit. Anyway, so then at this point, the other famous scene is where Lecter is wheeled in on the gurney wearing his amazing, like, face mask. It's yeah. like a weird hockey mask with, like, weird Air mouth. holes. Bars. Air holes, yeah. Bars. Oh, yeah, the bars, yeah. Um, but somehow he's able to snag uh, Chilton's pin, which is kind of Yeah. Well, fun. he's a sneaky bastard. Yep. Well, I love him for it. So, you know... <laughs> Then tells the senator, Lewis Friend is the name of Buffalo Bill, and he tells the um, police that he referred, um, he was referred to Lecter because he supposedly killed a transient person, and then he took his skin and did some, like, weird stuff to it. Um, then he asked the senator, he's like, Have you, did you notice Catherine? And he <laughs> likes to toughen be, your nipples. Yeah, he likes to be, like, weird, and she's <laughs> like, get this thing away from me. Yeah. And then he's like... Oh, okay, so he's blonde, and he just sort of <laughs> tells her all about like uh, what Buffalo Bill looks like, and um, so then he he's on his way, and the police are like, okay, we have a lead, and they go they they go and pursue that. So then uh, Clarice goes to visit Lecter at his new facility. He's kind of under armed guards. 
Um, and it's like kind of a freestanding cell. Yeah, and it looks like it's in like the ballroom. In an auditorium. Uh, Yeah, like like a a really nice hotel because it's on like however many floors because the elevator, you know, obviously comes into the story and everything, but it's very bizarre where they put him, like they constructed this like gorilla cage. Yeah, with two guys with revolvers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, bars, this works, right? We'll just put him in here. But it's like, it's like a beautiful gilded ballroom with like this like parquet floor and like... <laughs> right? She's very refined taste. So Clarice goes to visit him. She's not supposed to be there. She kinda like fumbles. Like she's like, I'm part of I'm FBI and they're like, No one's supposed to be there. She's like, Yes. She's like Ricky Bobby with her hands up beside her face. Like, I'm supposed to be here. She's like, This is fine. And they're like, Sure, okay, go through. <laughs> um so she returns the drawings that were taken away from him. Uh, and she tells them basically that he's full of shit. She's like, his name is not Louis Fred. Like, who is this guy? Yeah, why are you playing yeah. this game? And Lecter asks Clarice what his motives are and what does he want. And Buffalo Bill, he, Lecter says, Buffalo, Buffalo Bill covets. And he's killing, and he, the killing part is incidental. Like, mm-hmm. he, he sees something and he wants it. Yeah. Um, and so she wants, you know, more answers, but Lecter wants her answers as Quid well. Pro quo. Yeah, he's, like, so curious about her life. Why did she leave her cousin um, at the horse and sheep ranch? And she reveals at this point she heard a strange noise screaming like a child's voice. She kind of describes it. And her face is very, like, obviously she's been very traumatized by yeah. this memory. And it's been, like. Probably the first time she's ever articulated this story, like, told it to anyone. Right. Um, so she reveals that she heard a strange noise. Yes. It sounded like a child. She crept to the barn um, and saw that lambs were being slaughtered, and she tried to free them. And then they wouldn't leave, so she took one lamb and ran away. But she didn't have any water or food, and she only got a few miles away. And then she was caught, and her lamb was incidentally killed anyway. And the rancher was just so angry, he sent her away to an orphanage. Mm-hmm. Um, so then comes the bargaining. They were interrupted by Chilton and the guards who tried to escort her out. They're like, what are you even doing here? And Dr. Chilton's like, you're not even supposed to be here today. I assure you were open. <laughs> I assure you were open. So she's being escorted out and she's trying to like get some answers and finally he's like, you forgot your file on Buffalo Bill. So she runs back mm-hmm. and she grabs it. And, and then, he like um, drags he, his yeah, finger he across her, her finger. finger and then um, and then she's on her way. She's so hot. <laughs> He's like, I'm being hilarious. Like, this a- is a romantic comedy, right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Together. <laughs> so then we get a glimpse of later is Lecter's, uh, his kind of weird cage thing. Clarice uh, <laughs> with a lamb, holding a lamb and a charcoal drawing that he drew. Yeah, and, and she's like all s- swat, like wearing like a Grecian, like a toga or something. It looks she's like, like something you'd find draped. in the Bible, like Jesus right? with a lamb. Like Jesus with a lamb, but it's Clarice. <laughs> uh, so then the guards bring him dinner, and Lecter has a tiny pin that he hides in his mouth, and he's able to get his uh, handcuffs, kind of like manipulate his handcuffs. Isn't it the thing off of Chilton's pen? Yes. Yeah. 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 So then the the guards come him to the bars, and he they're like we're. You know, serving his um, dinner, and at that point, he um, one guard bends down. He like, you know, like what's it called? He cuffs his hand to a bar, and then he bites his nose and um, maces him right in the eyeball. Oh yeah, he fucks those <laughs> and, guys um, up. 
With a, cake, uh, a face covered in blood, he just wheels the baton and wails on this guy. Yeah, uh, and it's like, a, like an upward camera angle on him, and he's like swinging the baton in like a, almost like like a dance yeah like in a very like graceful like, well, this is happening bam yeah bam. <laughs> yeah it's not like like slasher movie like he's slam like he's swinging his arm in a very like slow and deliberate like graceful way yeah and you and like the look on his face like he's kind of getting off on it like he's getting so much satisfaction and gratification out of the violence i think also just like him being smarter than them too. He's yeah. just like, cover mm, for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then the next scene is crazy. Hannibal, um, he's just jamming out like this <laughs> with this clam out music, <laughs> and then he gets a knife and says, "I'm ready when you are, Sergeant Pembry." <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then in the lobby, the elevator, where there are so many police officers, yeah, because they have a notorious cannibal killer who's. <laughs> He's very sly. In a monkey cage up on yeah. the ballroom floor. Um, the elevator starts acting wacky. He goes up and down and up and down, you know, acting not normal. And it's discovered that the elevator is empty. And Lecture's cell is a very gruesome scene with one of the guards. One is on the ground, who's clearly dead. And then one of the guards is on the ground, too. Sergeant Pembry is barely breathing. And Lecture is missing. And the SWAT is. SWAT team is on the way. Pembry is on the gurney, and then he starts to seize, and they wheel him onto the elevator. And as they are going down, blood starts pulling from the ceiling of the elevator and starts dripping onto the gurney. Everyone leaves the elevator, and the police believe Lecter to be on the roof of the elevator. And there's so many policemen. Yeah. It's, like, crazy. Dozens and dozens, yeah. yeah. And so, and I said, randomly, Chris Isaac's there. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and a SWAT guy, and he... He's there, and he sees, hey, there's Lecter on the roof. <laughs> and then they um, they shoot his leg, and there's no movement at all um, from the, the person on the roof. Yeah, so, like, he's got to be dead because yeah. a living person would react. Definitely. So then the hatch is, open, is opened, and the body falls out. At this point, Sergeant Pembry, wink, 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 uh, <laughs> is in the ambulance, and it's not Sergeant Pembry. And he sits up and pulls off. Pembry's face off of his own face and it's Hannibal Lecter. He has escaped. Dun, dun, dun. I, I want to say I thought it, I was, when I first saw that I was like yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Clarice is not worried that he'll come after her when she finds out that he's escaped. She was like you know um, he would consider it rude, rude. to yeah. like, come after her. At this point they discover that one of the victims um of Buffalo Bill was not random. She's kind of brainstorming with her very good friend, who's also um, an FBI um, academy. in the academy as well, that Buffalo, Buffalo Bill knew her. Clarice goes to visit the victim's family. Frederica uh, is her name, the victim's name. So she can take, then asks if she can look around her room. She finds a music box with some Polaroid nudies. Then she finds a dress in the victim's closet and realizes that why he kids up kidnaps these women women is to starve them and take their skin off and they find she realizes Federica is a very very um, talented like seamstress Mm -hmm. so then Crawford's on his way to arrest Buffalo Bill he's like I already know who he is we're on our way (laughs) um this is fine and so then Clarice is you know just stay where you are and she's like well I'm gonna keep talking to Frederica's family and friends and so that's what she does so then um we see um Christine at the bottom of the well, she's trying to lure Buffalo Bill's dog with bones and she fails. 
and precious. Up in the state. Precious. precious. We haven't mentioned Precious yet. Precious is the unsung hero of this movie. <laughs> precious, she's like she's what? like she, she's like a, a toy poodle, not a teacup. Is she no. a teacup? Uh, she's pretty small. She's a, she's a little. She fits in the basket. Yeah, little white little white poodle. She's and, a little cutie. Yeah, and she but she's like fucking always barking at Catherine, and she's clearly very dear to Buffalo Bill. Oh yeah. Um, and but Cat and Catherine figures that out. Like precious she could. Precious is his sweet baby angel. Yeah, like he. <laughs> yeah, Precious is his weak spot. So Catherine's trying to manipulate that. Yeah, so she's trying to take advantage and maybe get a leg up um, by being like, I'm going to do something to your dog. You don't don't like you him. make me hurt your dog. I'm going to, he's real hurt, mister. <laughs> um, so then uh, this is a scene where she's trying to lure the dog and it's mixed in with scenes of Buffalo Bill dressing <laughs> up and dancing to an amazing song and, crying, and pecking himself and looking fancy and I said looking fancy in front of the mirror. <laughs> yeah, and really doing some positive self talk. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like my neighbor uh, freshman year uh, USF. Yeah, yeah. Tom at a, a college, uh, a, a, a dorm mate. No, no, no. He'd he'd knock on your door, go back to his door, and and oh, pose. Yeah, fun. Yeah. So that when you opened your door, yeah, you. And you're like, and now he's on the like, list. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> the yeah, list yeah. of Ben. If he's listening. Ben, if yeah, you're listening. Good job, ben. We just outed you. USF <laughs> class of 2004. <laughs> it's all out in the open now. Um, okay. So, meanwhile, Clarice is talking to one of Frederica's friends who tells her about old Mrs. Lipman and the work that they did for her doing alterations and other things. Uh, Frederica... Uh, Frederica worked for her a lot, and Clarice says, can I have her address? I can go talk to her. Meanwhile, Catherine manages, manages to get Precious into the well, and she threatens to hurt Buffalo Bill's dog. Buffalo Bill is all riled up. At this point, you also see the FBI is uh, ringing a doorbell, and then you see his house, Buffalo Bill's house you know doorbell ringing as well so the viewer is led to believe that it's the fbi yeah the fbi is outside the yeah, house right where outside. buffalo bill and Surrounded. Catherine did yeah um so buffalo bill goes to answer and it's not the swat team or whatever <gasps> it's <gasps> da, 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 clarice it's just clarice so he answers and she asks him did you know for federica and she's like he's like is it a big was she a great big fat person um <laughs> Best and line she's like, she was ever. a bigger girl, okay, uh, she, or whatever she's she a big girl. <laughs> um, and then he offered, he's like, you know, I mean, I can find Mrs. Lipman's son's car, you know, if you would like to talk to him. And she says, okay, great. So she comes inside, and then... <laughs> so uh, she says, okay, great. She's like, okay. Um, he is looking for a car. I call it, like, abstract busyness, because he's like... <laughs> like, looky, looky. And he's like, so... And he leads on this You guys got any guy. new leads? And um, then she sees a moth. A moth. That uh, she recognizes. And then we see Buffalo Bill has a gun on the other side of the wall that he has access to. Um, so she realizes it, it's him. She's like, can I use your phone? He's like, of course you can use my phone. And he kind of like chuckles and she's like, put your hands on your head. He kind of, he's like, you silly woman. Um, <laughs> and then he um, grabs the gun and she you know, runs off and uh, hilarity answers. Um, so she pursues him and then what follows, I, I want to say is like one of the most like anxiety ridden. Oh yeah. Yes. Chasing, yeah, probably it will ruin like you. In history, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about it when we when we did the episode on "Don't Breathe." 
Probably, yeah. Because that that yeah. whole idea of being sightless and right. and how how utterly terrifying that is, like yeah. navigating a space and being threatened when you can't see. Definitely. So this scene, you're hearing um, Precious barking. You're hearing Catherine yelling. She's like, "Help me!" And you see a skin suit on a mannequin. Um, Clarice finds Catherine at the bottom of the well. She's like, "You're safe," and she's like, um, "Like that, get me out of here!" Yeah, she's like, "Get me out of here!" She's like, clearing like uh, Clarice is like clearing spaces and shutting doors exactly how you would. Yeah, like you're um, trained to. Yeah, you're trained to. She goes through a maze of underground creepy rooms with like moths flying around, music, eighties music blaring. Um, she finds the decomposed Mrs. Lippman in a um, bathtub, in the right? Bathtub, yeah. And the lights go off. It's completely like pitch black, and then you see the the night vision from Buffalo Bill's perspective, and you see Clarice is just trying to find her, feel her way. She has her gun; she's pointing it around. Buffalo Bill is watching her, and he almost touches her. Yeah, he's so close. Yeah, he's, he's reaching so close. out, and you see his hand in front of her face. Yeah, and just she's like kind of trying to grapple with like the situation she's yeah. in. She's trying to figure out, you know, where he is. She's listening really hard. And he's just like getting mm-hmm. off on the power. She like that it. he he's, can he's, see he's, like, her. Exactly. He could do whatever he wanted to her at any moment. It's mm-hmm. to, she, she's totally under his control. Absolutely. And then um he cocks his gun and she hears it and she manages to like kill him right before he can he can do anything and she manages to she um as she shoots him she knocks out some glass letting a lot of light inside Mm -hmm. and she can see basically what has happened buffalo bill he's laying on the ground he has these night vision goggle Mm -hmm. things on and he's dying yeah Um, well it's crazy because she has like she has a six shooter Mm-hmm. And so she like empties the gun into him and then like and and she's like on her butt like backed up against a wall and she like really really fast like empties the 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 shells from from her, her gun and like reloads it super fast and it was like you could see like the training like you were saying her clearing mm-hmm. spaces and everything like she's a student yeah. she's just learning all of these skills mm-hmm. and the way that she in that moment like after she's just totally blown him away mm-hmm. and she was like empty the gun reload the gun and just she, in case yeah and she like kicks his gun from his hand yeah he had one too um it's crazy it's it's one of those like where i had like when i first saw this Oh, it was crazy. You're so, just holding your breath. Um, yeah. So then, um, Clarice. The next scene, she, you know, she's she's defeated Buffalo Bill basically, and it's it's great. So she then the next scene you see Clarice. She's graduating from the FBI. She's officially an agent. Crawford congratulates her. He's like, I don't really do well at these things, but I'm really proud of you. Yeah. Um, you've done really good work. And he's like, he also says, you know, and your dad would be really proud of you, too, which is like, obviously, you can tell that that really touched her a yeah. lot. Uh, no pun intended. Left <laughs> 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 her what he said. Um, so then at this point, she's like, Clarice, you have a phone call. Uh, and you're like, I'm sure that's going to be great. So Clarice gets <laughs> Land a call. Lines. She goes to answer it. And it's a call from Hannibal Lecter. He's wearing a wig and sunglasses. <laughs> like blonde, flowing, like Miami Vice wig. He basically said, he's like, I'm not going to pursue you, um, you know, and I've got, I'm, you're not going to find me, don't try. And, you know, I'm also having an old friend for dinner, <laughs> the, Dr. Hilton. Then he says his goodbyes, and we watch Dr. Lecter walk through the streets of a tropical, tropical town in the Bahamas. Following Chilton. Following Chilton. And yeah. that's... 
Silence of the Lambs. Yes. Oh, well done. Thank you. That was like a big undertaking. Yeah, yeah. no, because that is such, you want, you got to do that movie there. justice. No. Yeah. So, Katie, yeah. do you think that they're be scary? Oh my God, of course it's scary. But it's like, not only is it scary, it's it's a cinematic achievement that is like and I, I think that I said this when we mentioned in the last episode that this was the movie we were doing next um, that it's one of three movies ever to win the top five Oscars to yeah. win best picture best director best screenplay best actor and best actress yeah you know and it's like one flew over the cuckoo's nest and it happened one night were the only other two films to ever do that and that like Every element of that, you look at each of those pieces individually, and every one of those Oscars was deserved. Right. Like, Jodie Foster is spectacular. Anthony Hopkins is spectacular. The script was beautifully written. The film was incredibly directed and shot. And it's just like, it's it's an achievement. Definitely. And so, aside from all of that, like, yeah, it's terrifying. Like, we talk a lot about how, you know, a lot of scary movies, it's like... It's demons, it's ghosts, it's supernatural <laughs> shit or whatever. And then there's the scary movies that are like reality, mm-hmm. like the real terrifying things that people do to each other mm-hmm. that actually happen in our world that people experience. And that if you can tap into that in the viewer, it's scarier than anything fake could ever be right. if you do yeah. it right. Um, and this this movie did it right. And it created this this character of Hannibal Lecter performed by Anthony Hopkins is like, I mean, it's one of the greatest characters ever created in film. And I think that he's he's in like the because we were just talking when we did Psycho, we we're saying mm-hmm. that the top um, in the top the villains. top three villains. And I, I remember Norman Bates was I can't remember if he's two or three, but Darth Vader and Hannibal Lecter were the yeah. other two in the top three. And um, it's just he obviously is like a classically trained actor. Yep. Um, everything about him, his bearing, the way that he carries his body, the way that he speaks, his ability to manipulate his facial expression in such subtle ways. Um all lends itself perfectly to this character because this character is supposed to be very refined right. uh-huh. and very intelligent and educated. And um, and you you can see like he has total disdain for anybody that he like rudeness is yeah. what they you know talk about in this. But like anybody that he considers beneath him mm-hmm. and the what drives this movie is the connection between him and Clarice. And the basis of that connection is him seeing in her something that he admires Mm -hmm. and that he finds intriguing and he wants to learn more because he is, he's a psychiatrist, you know, before he gets locked up. And so he's fascinated (laughs) with the human mind and the way that your experiences predict your behavior and all of those things. And so Mm -hmm. meeting her like draws him, you know, it's like a rare situation for him where he, He's not 100% in control because his curiosity and fascination with Clarice kind of prompts him to do things that otherwise he wouldn't have done. Like he would not have given any information. He wouldn't have helped. He wouldn't have bought in on any of this or given two shits what the FBI wanted, what was going on with Buffalo Bill, anything. But 
Clarice showed up and she intrigued him and that Mm -hmm. dynamic and relationship between the two of them as it developed drove his involvement in the situation overall yeah and so Uh that's that's where you get like a best actor and a best actress Oscar there because you have two beautifully written characters performed perfectly showing these two people relating to each other in a way that completely drives the story and how they regard each other and how they regard each other like there is a mutual respect even though obviously there's a level of disgust that she feels knowing what he's done abhorrent yeah like knowing what he's done yeah but then she recognizes that he is treating her with some level of respect and some level of regard. And she feels a fascination and a connection with him as well. Right. Um, and so all of that is just, it's so, it draws you in so very, very deeply. And then uh, to the side of that, you have Buffalo Bill, which is like, I mean, Ted Levine didn't get an Oscar, but I mean, yeah. he could have. He absolutely could. I don't know if he was nominated or whatever, but that performance. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. Like, you could leave everything else in the movie out, and his performance was still, I mean, like fascinating and twisted and and in depth and really, really well performed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I want to interrupt you really quickly that Clarice Starling was the sixth greatest movie hero out of 50 named by the American Film Institute. Mm -hmm. And Hannibal Lecter was chosen as the number one greatest movie villain. Oh, he was number one. American Film Institute. Yeah. You know, he earned it. (laughs) Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, And so I think that in terms of whether or not this movie is scary, I mean, again, it's presented a situation that could and does actually happen in real life. And we know that it was based on, I'm sure you'll talk about that, based on actual uh, serial killer crimes um, Mm -hmm. inspired by, not necessarily based on, but inspired by some particular um, actual serial killers in U.S. history. Um, But the like the scenes the the couple of points in it like where buffalo bill preys on catherine in the van where clarice is you know dealing with not being able to see in the darkness um at the end when she's going through that storage um the storage facility and before she finds the head in the jar like so all of these scenes that like they're they're filmed in a way they're lit in a way like visually where they're all very uncomfortable like the entire time you're watching this movie you're uncomfortable mm-hmm. you're on edge and then certain scenes push you past uncomfortable into really frightened um, and so that's it's like this incredible combination of these scary concepts with these beautiful performances and these fascinating characters that are woven together in a really, really smart story. Mm-hmm. And so it's like it absolutely deserves all of the accolades that it's always gotten. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my take on it. And like I. Uh, I invited slash insisted that Tom uh, join us for an episode on this film, um, particularly because uh, so, as you know, that we had our 19th wedding anniversary. We've been together for 21 years. Um, I have loved horror movies my entire life. He does not like them. a bit of a scaredy cat. Yeah. And when we were and I think I've mentioned this as well before on previous episodes, because we've done all of these movies that when we first started dating and his efforts to try my best to act tough. Yeah. Well, and, and ingratiate himself to me and woo yeah. me a little bit. He agreed to watch some movies that otherwise he would not have watched. Terrible decisions. <laughs> 
like, yeah. bring the trash on. Let me watch the trash <laughs> yeah. And so I did. I showed him Hellraiser. I showed him uh, Candyman. Uh. I and and that was around the point when I realized that like, oh, it's not just that he doesn't like like he really like this is not an enjoyable experience for him. Yeah. It's not just a like, ugh, I don't like this movie. It's yeah. like this is an unpleasant experience. So I stopped. It's like going to the dentist. <laughs> right? He's yeah. like another root canal. Yeah. Bring I love it. you, but I'd could you please stop go this? To the dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Watch this. So um, you know, that's just become something, you know, in these many, many years that we don't share. I have friends no. like Meredith. Um there but but so he doesn't like scary movies, but he loves this film. Yes. And he also um, took a course in high school um, about film that in, that covered this movie. And so I thought that this would be a good opportunity because we're always talking about, like, is this movie scary? Were you scared? Like, why would this be a film where someone who otherwise does not like horror movies? He only likes it if it could happen to him. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And so that's why this this was the film that I was like, I want him to come on and, and talk about this because he doesn't like scary movies, but he likes this movie. So then that brings us to the question of, Tom, do you think Silence of the Lambs is scary? So I have to say that it's not. What? It's I, I have to not class to be uh, to be able to be true to myself. I can't <laughs> classify this as a as a scary horror movie. OK, explain. Um, so you mentioned I watched this in uh, my fiction to film class with Mr. Bjorkwist. Uh, <laughs> and so when that was on the syllabus, I was terrified that I was going to have to watch this in front of people in my class. Girls. I was anybody <laughs> uh, girls guys who could beat me up anybody uh, I did not want to be, be scared like, in class <laughs> right oh, <so laughs> yeah weird. pretty much but I actually think the way that I watched it the first time made it okay for me because it was it was taught so mm-hmm. it was you know Academic. he would he would stop it and he would explain things and we watched it over the course of you know a week or so whatever however long it took so it made it a little easier to to go through um but yeah, no. So to me, I always uh, I justify it as calling it a thriller. Okay. Um, you know, it's there's scenes of of great anxiety and some stuff that's gross, but um, I can't call it a horror movie. Okay. So. So you don't think that it's scary? Uh, I mean, it's scary. But, it's scary, but, but it's I'm not going to call it a scary it, movie. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I would fall under the term yeah. horror. Yeah. It's just, you know, the character of Hannibal is so great. Mm-hmm. And and you said, you know, the way Anthony Hopkins does it. But then in in subsequent movies and TV shows, the character is still really good. Mm-hmm. Um, even when those veer into much more what I would call horror than that movie is. OK. Um, but yeah, so it is not a scary horror movie. Okay, so that that's your justification why this would be as a non horror movie fan. So that I can sleep well at night. <laughs> you have to. That's all it takes for you to sleep well at night is to categorize to a movie not, uh, as a thriller. That's right. When we we talked about when we talked when we were discussing Psycho on the I guess it was just, yeah just yeah. the last episode that um, is it a horror you know or is it a thriller psychological yeah. thriller like I, is it built on suspense? I slept fine after watching it, so that makes it a thriller. Well, alrighty then. Okay, so what what didn't you sleep fine after watching? Uh, Candyman. <laughs> That's uh, true. Hellraiser. Okay. <laughs> uh, when uh, Gracian made me watch Children of the Corn. Whichever. Two. We were yeah. We yeah, realized that, yeah. He he had to sit up all night. One night. Corn too. Yeah. Well, he, I think he, he was a little guy. They, they dropped a house on a lady. That yeah. Was it was, he also hates the Wizard of Oz. 
<laughs> yeah. And he's like, that was oh, some crazy shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Meredith, um, do you think it's scary? Uh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember what, um, I was a freshman in high school, actually, when I first watched this. Mm-hmm. I'd seen, like, parts of it before, and my friend showed it to me. It was, I want to say 1999 when I first watched it. And um, I was, like, 14 or 15. When I, however old, yeah, 15. And so we, I, it was a sleepover, and we watched the whole thing, and I was like, this movie how long is this movie? We've been watching this for days. <laughs> it's been like days. And I remember just being like intrigued mm-hmm. and like nervous, especially, especially the part where the lights go off and you yeah. see Clarice just like kind of trying to feel her way. Mm-hmm. It just seems like that could happen to anybody, like not necessarily in the exact situation, but like you're, and you're in, like, and you're, I'm not even an FBI agent. No, no, but I mean like <laughs> you're vulnerable and you're in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, how often has that happened to anybody, basically? Yeah. Um, and then, but then seeing it from Buffalo Bill's uh, perspective is, is is just so wild. And then that play of the FBI surrounding Buffalo Bill's mm-hmm. house, but it's not, yeah. it's Clarice. That was so smart. And you're like, the way that was shot. oh shit. Yeah. And he's like, hey, come on, you know, and, and you know, he's, he's acting so, hey, baby. He, he seems so like <laughs> sure of himself that he's better than her, kind mm-hmm. of. And you're like, well, okay, so. Joke's on you, Batman. You know, Dr. Lecter sees something in her that's mm-hmm. just very bright and capable mm-hmm. and savvy. Yeah, and you're gonna you think you're gonna be able to outsmart her, but you're not. Yeah, but just because you can tuck your dick between your legs. Right. <laughs> but then but then you're like Doesn't make you special, I, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're like, I mean I hope she's capable. Like, ugh, I'm nervous. And, yeah. And it's because she's it's such scary. a petite woman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then it's just obviously there's there are classes about this movie. Yeah. Just like there's psycho. probably doctoral dissertations about this movie. Right. There's nothing I can say that would be an aha moment for anybody. But just for me, I, I would say this movie's so scary. It's, it seems very real because it's based on real. And um, it's terrifying. And so I would say that if it's, you know, something that's realistic, not demons and ghouls and ghosts. Mm-hmm. If, if this is the kind of thing you think is terrifying, this yeah. movie. The actual horrific things that years, <laughs> humans do it. to each other. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, no, so yeah, you have some fun facts. Is in there some of the um, yeah the true crime roots of this story? Well, there's a few things I thought was funny. So you already mentioned that the the this movie is the third film to win the Big Five, which is all of these different Oscars. Gene Siskel from Siskel Ebert gave this movie a thumbs down. He said it was a are piece you, of shit. Are you serious? <laughs> well, now he's like. I don't see what the fuss is about. Basically. Oh my god! So, um, also, uh, let's see here. Gene Hackman also bought the rights to make this movie. He and Jodie Foster were trying to get the rights. He won before her. He got the rights to make the film, but then he dropped out of it because he saw his um, performance in Mississippi Burning, and he didn't like. He didn't like that. Um, how oh. he's like portrayed, and he's like, I don't know if I want to play an FBI Another, agent again. Yeah, he would have been a terrible Clarice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, and was he supposed to play Crawford? He was supposed to be Le- supposed to play Lecter. 
So. Okay. Oh, because you said FBI agent. So yeah, I it wasn't, don't know actually, but yeah. he did. But I could see that, like, like it. yeah, because he was a villain in Mississippi Burning, and so if he decided that it wasn't the right thing for his Although career to play Burning, which I watched, I don't remember. I've seen it so many times, but the last time I was like thirteen, I yeah. don't remember him being like a villain. He, well, he was a fucking racist, like. Uh, yeah, KKK probably. guy. Yeah. No, he was an FBI agent who went down to investigate. Really? Yeah. I thought he with, was the um, other. I must be mix, mixing missing, it up with a different movie. This is a slightly different uh, opinion yeah. here Did of you the watch character. The same movie as me? Yeah. Um, no, I'm probably thinking of you know no, one he, of the another movie like that, like Time and, to Kill or something. Um, I want. Yeah, he went and I was. I think Willem Dafoe was in it, but I'm not. I can't remember. So he goes to investigate. Like there were different lynchings, and then what happened was people were trying to get the vote out, and people were trying yeah. to get registered. People yeah, registered v- voter suppression and, exactly. still happening in Georgia. Yeah, right. And these people they went missing, so they went to go um, investigate okay. where these what happened to these people. So he. Long story short, he didn't like how he was interpreted in that film, so he dropped out. Then, um, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer was the first choice to play, actually. Oh, it just threw up in my mouth a little bit. Clarice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so then, obviously, we know that Jodie Foster ended up playing her, which was, uh, hello. Yeah. And you, like, you call it a career-making role, but it's like Jodie Foster, I mean, like, Taxi Driver. Like, she yeah, she I mean, was she already, already yeah. Because this was, and this was also after The Accused. Yeah. Like, she had, uh-huh. so she, she was. She had a lot of clout. She was known for oh, being yeah. a serious actress who yeah. was um, just amazing. So then after Gene Hackman kind of dropped out, he's like, I'm not going to do it. Then Sean, um, Sean Connery was the first choice <laughs> to play Hannibal Lecter. No! No! But, he read the script and he said, this is revolting. And then decided against it. No, I can't do this. I can't do it. Then Daniel Day-Lewis was also okay. considered. Okay. Um, and then ultimately we know who um, Anthony Hopkins played. He said he channeled an author, an actress, and a computer as he was playing Hannibal Lecter. Okay. Truman Capote, Catherine Hepburn, and Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> Only Anthony Hopkins' brain could make those three things coexist in one character. Yeah, it's crazy. So he also, of course, wore all white a lot, and he's, he, he was like, we need to use uh, the audience's fear of like dentists and doctors. <laughs> They'll watch Dr. Lecter and be already off-put. And they will, yeah. kind of won't know why. They, yeah, they won't even basically. realize why. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so then, let's see. So Hannibal Lecter was also a composite of evil. Um, you know, so there's not one person like him, but he was a, a composite of, you know, Ted Bundy, Ed Gein, and Gary Heidnick. Yeah, I'm not sure. Gary Heidnick was the one that had the women in the, the well, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. that's the one where they've like made an Airbnb out of the Silence of the Lambs house. Cool. <laughs> well, you, we're going to next anniversary. 20 years, baby. That's where you're gonna go. Let's go do it. Sure. Yeah. Um, also, Buffalo Bill's dance was not in the screenplay. Um, <laughs> that was an ad lib. <laughs> Greatest ad lib ever. <laughs> that was uh, added to it. They're like, oh. okay, Ted Levine, ready to get wild. <laughs> it's like, do you have any special skills? Yeah. <laughs> and he's so like, well, I do this Ted thing. Levine, <laughs> Ted Levine says he needed some liquid courage before shooting his dance scene. Uh, and he had to take a few shots of tequila to, to <laughs> make it happen. I mean, yeah. Um, so then also Anthony Hopkins walked away with the Oscar for best leading role. Um 
He beat out Warren Beatty from Bugsy, Bugsy, excuse me, Robert De Niro, Kate Feared, Nick Nolte, The Prince of Tides, and Robin Williams, The Fisher King, and he was only in the movie for 16 minutes. Jesus. That was a heavy year. <laughs> so, I know, right? Yeah. Um, also, Anthony Hopkins um, mocking uh, Jodie Foster's southern accent was improvised on the spot, and her horrified reaction was like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, that was, was your daddy a coal miner? Did yeah, you stink a land? That was real. Yeah. And she felt like personally attacked. She was like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> she jumped through the bars. Yeah. And then later she thanked him for like, for, she was like, that yeah. was great, actually. Yeah. Um, so then, like I said, she was the sixth greatest hero out of 50. And Jack. In my face. Jack Crawford <laughs> was based on real life FBI agent, as we know, John Douglas, who was um, an early member of the FBI's behavioral science unit. At the time, John Douglas was still active, and during the production, he was in the midst of tracking down Gary Ridgeway, the Green River Killer, wow. who, was in the, um, who was believed to kill, have killed more than 90 women in Washington between 82 and 98, and Ridgeway was arrested in 2001, um, and he pled guilty to 48 counts of first-degree murder. So, John Douglas is like, I'll consult a new movie, and on the, on the side, on the side. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing some light, actual serial killer hunting. Really. Yeah. Um, so, I, I like that... Uh, um, Crawford was based on John Douglas, who's such a, like a huge integral part of um, true crime. Um, like, yeah. you know, basically everything true crime, like Mindhunter is based on that um, and so many other uh, things. But I mean, I could talk about this movie forever. It's, it's, there's so many like stories about it and mm-hmm. how it was made and, um, you know, history and it's, it's amazing. So, uh, but there's also... Not the other. Sequels, sequels, remakes, yeah. television shows. Hey, you're singing my song. Um, your, favorite, your favorite. Yeah, so I just did a, a quick little um, a inventory of the related projects to I Silence of the Lambs. I have not watched the show. I've watched, really I've watched like, yeah. the first episode, maybe? Um, well, and so, it has Mads, Mads Mikkelsen. Mads yes. Mikkelsen, yeah. That's so, amazing. Yes, Silence yes. of the Lambs is 91. Um, the next project didn't come out in 2000 until 2001. And that was the film Hannibal, which was also based on, um, one of Thomas Harris's books. I saw that in the theater. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that was the year I graduated and I was like, time to see Hannibal. Bring it on. Um, yeah, no, we find it to be a very romantic film because much of it is shot in Florence and that's where we honeymooned. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the, in the Hannibal film, um, they they recast Jodie Foster. They recast Clarice for uh, Julianne Moore, um, and I it, wonder. I look, she does a I decent love job. Her, yeah, Julianne Moore. But I wonder about that. Yeah, choice. She shouldn't have tried to do the accent. Yeah, yeah. That kind of wrecked it. Yeah, she should have just right. talked. Just dropped it. Um, they bring in Gary Oldman, your one of your favorites. I love him um, as Mason Verger, who was a former patient of Doctor Lecter's that suffered at Lecter's hands but survived. Um, was it at Lecter's hands though? Yeah, well, you know, 
Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try not to spend you know two hours talking about all of the other projects. So we'll I mean, people, people can, can do turn their own it off research. They want to. Let's <laughs> just talk about That's true. It. That's what I always say. Um, this one also brings in Ray Liotta as a really <laughs> shitty, smarmy FBI agent that Clarice has to deal with. Ray Liotta. Yeah, Ari. Uh, he did. It was beautiful work, Ray. Yeah, he was great. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> is it wrong of me to say it's truly a delight when his brain's being cooked and he's like something smells really good? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah oh. and he's such a moron. And then in that scene, he somehow gets more moronic. And he's like, "I'm like you scamp." Yeah. What do you? He's like, "Something um, smells good." And I'm like, "Oh my god." So I'm this dying. one was actually directed by Ridley Scott, which um, I had, you know, put down in my notes when we were rewatching it. And like this fucking guy, this husband of mine sitting to my left, uh, like in one of the opening scenes, like some shit's happening. He goes, oh, is this Ridley Scott? <laughs> and I was like, wait, yeah. Like, did you just see that in the opening credits, too? And he's like, no. I was like, wait. So like, what the fuck? How, do you, how could you tell this was Ridley Scott? Well, you said it looked like Gladiator. Yeah, it was just like really slow. And, yeah, stylistic. Yeah, I was like, OK. Fucking it's like genius. a Tarantino, and you're like, see feet, and you're like, this is a Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> I see some little piggies. Yeah, little piggies. <laughs> I um, see. You want Thurman's feet. <laughs> um, but we were lucky in this one. We did get the return of actor Frankie Faison as Barney. Yeah. Um, which we determined it is, it is actually a myth, an urban legend. Frankie Faison is not related to Donald Faison. I think that's bullshit. Yeah, he's still skeptical, but I I did I feel like I did my due diligence, and it is a common mis- misconception or misperception that the two of them are related. Bullshit. Okay. They are not. Well. Tom. Yeah, Tom calls bullshit. Um, and then... We, he's a brother from another brother. <laughs> something like that. We all know. Um, and then Anthony Hopkins does return as yeah. Hannibal Lecter in this. Yeah. Um, so basically, like, just in general, the, the content of this film, so it takes place after Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Mason Verger, Gary Oldman's character, is a wealthy former victim of Lecter. He's seeking revenge. Um Hannibal is living in Florence, um, you know, under obviously living his best life, living yep. his best life as an Being art curator, all the time. <laughs> loving uh, everything he touches. Yeah, He's like, hey, this, this guy in the orchestra fucking blows. <laughs> <laughs> it's <got> to go. <laughs> That's um, not what, how I said it, but I'm, nah. I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but like, so Mason Verger is trying to find him, an Italian investigator is working for Verger, trying to find Hannibal. Hannibal's reaching out to Clarice. There's all this like connection back and forth. Um, but then ultimately, um, Hannibal ends up back in the U.S. Um, and uh, he ends up, the, the great scene that you were referring to is it ends up, there's a, this like vacation house type place where Hannibal's there. He's got Clarice there. She's like she got shot in the shoulder and she's like recovering from that and then he also has Ray Liotta's character who he has like you know I guess use a cranium saw as one has laying around and he's sitting in a wheelchair at the at the dinner table and he's lobotomized and Hannibal is like slicing off pieces of Ray Liotta's brain as he's sitting there living and putting them in the little like Bunsen burner whatever cooking a table side yeah exactly table side you know it's like when you get table side guac it's like that only was brain Really yeah. yeah. Um, but in, in the end of this film, um, Lecter does escape again. Mm-hmm. And so that's what it's kind of left. There's also um, the um, iconic scene of Lecter carrying Julianne Moore after she was shot. Yes. Out of the pig. Um, 
whatever yes. that barn yeah. thing. Yeah, because yeah, that was Mason Verger's plan to kill Lecter was to have him eaten by these like horrific yeah. Tuscan pigs that he had reared. Because he's never yeah. watched a Bond movie and seen that the Bond villains' elaborate <laughs> plans like, don't I want to explain to you everything yeah. I'm doing now. <laughs> um, but yeah, the it just goes totally because um, you know Hannibal Clarice helps Hannibal get kind of free, and then she gets shot, and then he like picks her up because she's like passed out, and then he's just standing there. And I guess the implication is just there's something about his poise and his calm that the pigs paying him no attention and mm-hmm. they go and attack the the other people and then mason gets dumped into the pit and eaten by the pigs himself yeah and then lecture's like we'll see ya yeah and he's like, like bye yeah. Clarice and um, love yeah so so Hannibal I mean it's it's a pretty it's a pretty solid film yeah I mean it's it's hard you can't measure anything against Silence of the Lambs right. but with this one I feel like even though they lost Jodie Foster the fact that Anthony Hopkins returned as Hannibal Lecter made this movie work yeah Right, if he was not in it, it would have been... Yeah, no, nobody would have seen it, and it would have been a piece of trash. Sean Connery. (laughs) Finally, Gene Hackman steps in. He's like, well, I'm here, I'm back, guys. (laughs) So that was 2001, and I didn't realize it was so close. Red Dragon came out in 2002, the next year. Oh, okay. Um, So Red Dragon was a prequel... So it takes place before the events of Silence of the Lambs. Um, It's got a great cast, too. Ed Norton is introduced as this character, Will Graham, who's an FBI agent. Harvey Keitel, um, he's in there, and he's the new Jack Crawford. So he plays Crawford in this one. Um, We get Mary Louise Tyler's in there. Philip Seymour Hoffman, RIP, (laughs) is in there. Um, And then our the uh, the love of our lives, Ray Fiennes, yes, chef, um, is the like kind of new. He's the new Buffalo Bill in this film. I love him so much. And so overarchingly, Red Dragon has the same premise of Silence of the Lambs in that you have an FBI agent. Now it's Will Graham instead of Clarice interviewing Hannibal in an effort to catch a new operating serial killer. In this case, it is Rafe finds Red Dragon instead of Buffalo Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, we do, in this film, get the return of Dr. Chilton, the same actor that plays shitty, shitty, shitty Dr. Chilton in Silence of the Lambs, comes back for Red Dragon. Um, and this one, I feel like, this is how I've always felt, and I think that that Tom agreed when we were re-watching this and talking about it, that it's the one that reads most as a horror movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because the the crimes that the Red Dragon commits yeah. are dis- like horrifying. Yeah. They're just horrible. I like, don't like that one. Yeah, no, and, and and it's the way that it's demonstrated visually. I mean, he kills entire families. Yeah. There's and Will Graham goes to the crime scenes, and you see what it looks like with the bodies and the children and all of that. Like it's like Amityville or whatever. Like it's way the it's not just the crimes that are committed, but the way that they're depicted in the movie makes it seem so much more horrifying than what you are told Buffalo Bill does in Silence of the Lambs because yeah. you don't actually see. Buffalo Bill's cry. I mean, you see Catherine in the pit. Well, you see like the bodies and like, like just one you don't body. See it happening. Yeah, it's it's just it's way more graphic in mm-hmm. Red Dragon, and I feel like just has always to me read as much more of a horror movie. Where like after those scenes where like Will Graham is like doing a walkthrough of the house where the family was killed and like the arterial spray on the walls and all the broken mirrors and everything, like watching those scenes creeps me out. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think, I think this one is really, really excellent as well. Oh, I love Red Dragon. Yeah. And and a lot of it is Ray Fiennes. I should probably show it to him. Yeah. Uh, Yes. Ray Fiennes is amazing too. And 
Ed Norton um, is great. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Anthony Hopkins returns. And who's the lady? She plays the the blind woman, and she's a oh, oh she's Emily, Emily something. She's a, she's a very famous British actress. As yes. Well. Yeah. Her name is Emily something. Um, but yes, she's a recognizable yeah. and talented um, actress, and and she plays kind of like red dry like ray fine's love interest that is kind of because he's he's you know i don't know like uh, psychotic but you know there is a part of him he's divided and there's a part of him that wants to be good and then a part of him that's drawn to do these other things and she's appealing to the good part of him and and you know she doesn't i mean it's not the relationship she's looking for Uh, (laughs) no um but and philip seymour hoffman i mean a very small part in this film but so amazing like he's the scummy uh, a tabloid um, reporter. The performance really sticks with you. I <laughs> well played because he does get glued to a wheelchair. <laughs> I love Philip Seymour Hoffman. Like so, we lo- so wasn't lost when you know, I know when he, he had away, so, so much more, so many years ahead mm-hmm. of great performances to give right. us. So I mean, I loved him in Bloody Nights. I could watch him. <laughs> He's crazy in that, and I loved him in Along Came Polly. With Ben Stiller and Jen Aniston. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when I first learned the term sharded. <laughs> but he had such range. That's the point. Oh, and him as Capote. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, and he won an Oscar for that. So yeah. He, he was great. So it was a stellar cast. And um, yeah. Just so, a, sol- a solid movie. Yeah. Red Dragon. Definitely good. So the next one to be made was actually called Hannibal Rising. So it was a like super, super prequel. It was Hannibal as a young man. The teenage years. The teenage years. Yeah. It's it's like the Saved by the Bell era. I don't know if I saw that. OK, so it's actually I think it's really, really good. Yeah. It's it's a big departure. Obviously, Anthony Hopkins is not Hannibal because he's <laughs> being played. And I don't know this actor's name. And he did some cologne commercials or whatever. He's got kind of a weird face and he's European. Um, naturally, <laughs> naturally, um, but it goes, <laughs> it digs way back into what, where did Hannibal come from? You find out about his, his childhood, his exposure to the war, his relationship with his baby sister, how he lost his family, everything that traumatized him. And then growing up in a boy's home and his persecution and all of his experiences that shaped him into the adult he ended up being. And then he became Voldemort. And then he I became Hannibal. <laughs> Oops. Um, but it's, uh, but it shows him because obviously he was already a disturbed individual, but it basically shows how he he became a killer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, and it almost, it makes him a little sympathetic. Um, it gives you a story, a, a, a backstory that is, it's very historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's very intriguing and complex and the situations that he's put in that cause him to kill for the first times are defensible. Mm-hmm. And, but then you see it triggering and eliciting in him the, the characteristics and behaviors that then obviously become not defensible and problematic in the future. <sighs> You say that I'm like, like, oh, poor guy, but like, I wanted him to get away with everything all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're Team Hannibal, big time. <laughs> and like, essentially, I'm like, I mean, just, just stab that guard. Yeah. And you'll, the, these are our new t shirts. You, like, you stood up and cheered when he peeled the face and off and like, popped Yay! up. And, yeah. We'll get you a Team Hannibal like, t shirt and I'll get Team <laughs> <laughs> You're a douchebag. I hope you get eaten for lunch. <laughs> 
But he was the anti-hero. Yeah. Yes. He really was. Yeah. Like in the nineties and I mean beyond. We all were root we all root for yeah. him. Well and he's even he's if we're so... like he's a horrible person. Well and it's this weird, like complex connection because he's so intelligent. And we as a society revere intelligence. We we elevate it. We respect it. And we th- we often like you know kind of uh, associate it or put it on the same level as goodness. Like if you're smart, you know you should be good. And this character like was an early one to kind of fly in the face of that. Mm-hmm. That like high high intelligence can actually make you highly highly evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you do like you admire his intelligence and his ingenuity and all of the traits that they're they're like building into this character. And so there is that like that conflict that you feel about that admiration. You don't feel any conflict. Other- <laughs> I'm shaking my head. Yeah, she's like, no, no conflict whatsoever. He's right over there yep. with a baton wearing white. He, yeah, my yep, red, head. Ready like- to just gracefully beat the shit out of someone. Um, so that like, was Hannibal Rising. So <laughs> uh, that came out in 2007. So I mean, you know, that's I'm not I'm not a math whiz. 16 years after the first. Um, the next project that came out was the Hannibal TV show that, um, I don't, this was like pre, pre streaming. It, it oh, ran yeah. from 2013 to 2015, but I don't know. I don't remember what network cause we NBC. watched it. Oh, it was NBC. Yeah. Um, and it, it did really well. Yeah. And yeah. I think, didn't they like, and it was not, I don't think it was They canceled. left it open. They didn't get to finish it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But it had, um, uh, Hugh Dancy as the they're bringing back the Will Graham character. So the two main characters of this show are Will Graham and Hannibal Lecter. Mm-hmm. And it is before anybody knows Hannibal is uh, a criminal or a killer. He's, he's a highly yeah, he's a well, highly, highly respected it's psychologist. It's like Red Dragon. Yeah, it's, it's that it's, period. Yeah, it's what, well because yeah, the very beginning of the Red Dragon film like that first ten minutes is when Will Graham visits Hannibal because they've been working on profiling this killer. And but the killer that they've been profiling is Hannibal. Uh-huh. Um, but that that references. So this goes even further back that Hannibal has been um, helping law enforcement for a while in profile, like creating profiles um, mm-hmm. for people that they're they're trying to identify. And so um, that's like the there's a lot of investment in the relationship between Will and and Hannibal. And like you said, Mads Mikkelsen plays Hannibal Lecter spectacularly yeah. like at, at a level that deserves to be like a, an Anthony Hopkins character. Yeah. Like there, there's no doubt that he deserves to have been cast as yeah. that same character because he brings to it that same like refinement and, and intelligence, but also that unsettling nature. Um, and that's just like that little creepy feeling on the back of your, your neck. I think there's something about you that throws me off. But yeah. I can't but again, like... he's European. So we just, we just <laughs> ignore that. Right. Um, so, and that, so it, it had, there were two seasons. Um, I felt like the first season was scarier because it was more based around this one other, um, criminal that, that Will Graham was seeking and everything surrounding that criminal and his acts and everything visually, um, were very, very frightening. Um, and I, I mean, I can remember this one episode and there's an element under the bed, which is all you need to know. Um, it was 
fucking terrifying. Like it was, like it was like, the yeah, Jap- but it was, yeah, it was like Japanese horror film terrifying. Like it was a very, like a big departure. And then the second season really focused in more on Will Graham struggling with his like mental state and then they're kind of closing in on Hannibal. And they also bring back in the um, Dr. Chilton uh, character, but he's played by, and I can't remember the actor's name, but he plays ADA Bar- Barba on um, Law and Order Special Victims Unit. I've never, I don't really watch Law and Order. I'm leaving. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. I have a criminal justice degree. She's like, I don't need to watch Law and, and Order. Seen, I don't really watch Law and Order yeah. or CSI or whatever whatever um <laughs> whatever but yeah but so they they bring back the chilton character and do some really really great things with him and the other thing that is very cool about the hannibal tv show is they bring back the mason verger character as a young man before hannibal has like destroyed him and it's played by michael pitt oh michael pitt yes which That's like throwback yeah well and like we we were big boardwalk empire fans like he was fantastic on that show like i loved him at like murder by numbers with sandra bullock and ryan reynolds like he's been and he was also on svu just just so you know in recent Um, years he's gone crazy and uh been arrested for being on drugs i mean as one does yeah but but so he plays um, back in those days yeah he plays mason verger like young mason verger on the tv show um, the next, I I see that. Uh, <laughs> the next project that came along was the Clarice TV show, which oh oh god, one season, twenty twenty one. We tried to watch it. Yeah, it looks stupid. It was, it was bad. It was bad. They who played Clarice? Some some, some Australian. Bitch. Some Australian actress. <laughs> He's being very respectful. <laughs> but no, I mean, well, and part of it was weird because they only got rights to part of the characters. So, like, they couldn't, not only could they not depict, like, Hannibal on screen, they couldn't even say Yeah, they couldn't Hannibal. talk about him. I think it was Hannibal and Jack Crawford that they could not, Yeah, they so were they, verboten. They couldn't be mentioned. Or was it Hannibal and Will Graham? I don't know. It was. I feel like Crawford, might, Crawford and Clarice might have been the two. But, yeah, there was, like, they could only use, like, this person and this person. Yeah. That's weird. It was really weird. And didn't but, she try to do the accent, too? Well, didn't yeah. Didn't she? Because well, she didn't all of a sudden turn Australian. So now yeah, I want to know she who did, it is. She did the accent. But then they brought back the, was it the same? No, it wasn't the same actress. Oh, no. Well, the, the Tennessee senator from Hannibal. Or from, yes. Yeah. The Catherine Martin. They brought back yeah. the Catherine Martin character. And it was supposed to be, so the Clary show was supposed to be post-Silence of the Lambs. Right. And so this was like a post-traumatic stress Catherine Martin after surviving her yeah. ordeal. But and she got mom, hella skinny. And her mom was the same actress as I'm doing this Silence I'm of the Lambs. That was the same. Oh, the actress played yeah. the senator in both Silence of the Lambs and the show? Yeah. That's impressive, because that's a big gap in time, 1991 yeah. to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Precious was in it. That's true. They brought back Precious. Probably she not the same dog. had a house wedding problem, but... Yeah, she pee-peed everywhere. Um, uh, kind of like an aura. Yeah, I don't know. She's forgettable. <laughs> yeah, and like I said, we tried... It was only one season. We tried I to watch it. I think we watched maybe half of it. Yeah. And then we were like, boo, yeah. and we stopped. Um, so the only other movie, and I haven't mentioned it because it actually... Uh, came out before Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. because we know these are all based. If you didn't know, these are all based on books by an author named Thomas Harris. Um, Manhunter. Yeah, Manhunter is basically the Red Dragon story, and it flopped. And it flopped. Yeah. So it was, came it out in nineteen eighty six. Eighty six. Um, yeah, and did and did really poorly. So like it was kind of a brave bold move to to try and tackle Silence of the Lambs again after. Yeah. And the rights 
for that for that whole story were very very cheap five hundred thousand dollars oh yeah because man hit a hunter flopped did so poorly yeah they were like anybody that wants to pay us for this yeah Yeah, and they're like this is garbo garbo what Mm -hmm. and then silence in the land made hundreds of millions of dollars so i i guess it's like if you cast the right people and they can do right by the material but um yeah it was and it's it's really like silence of lambs was a perfect storm it had, mm-hmm. it, you know, sometimes you check one box, sometimes you check two boxes. And this then you one, get, like, so many Oscars. Yeah, this one hit boxes. everyone. They're like, hey, incredible script. Okay, great director. Let's cast the perfect people that give, like, career-making performances. Like, you, yeah. you know, sometimes it just all comes together. Yeah. I was thinking of, um, randomly, Creep 2. <laughs> okay. Okay. And hear, hear me out. Uh-huh. Okay, so... I was thinking about, um, obviously, the villain in Creep is a psycho, psychotic person. I mean, he just, he has a lot of feelings, that's all. Okay, well, the woman (laughs) who comes in to do that documentary thing, she kind of goes toe-to-toe with him and Mm -hmm. really challenges him, where he, like, really kind of was like, oh, I'm intrigued by you. Okay. um, I kind of... Rewatching it, I was like, oh, I'm getting kind of those vibes again. Like, thinking of Jodie Foster, him being like, he keeps trying to ruffle her feathers mm-hmm. and that character in Creep 2. Not that I'm saying they're on the same level at all, mm-hmm. but like just the dynamic, I guess, between I'm here to challenge you mm-hmm. or get something out of you, information, mm-hmm. and then the, the person who's in control um, is suddenly not in control. And they're like, oh, I'm very, like, I'm made vulnerable mm-hmm. by you. And um, so I kind of was like, because we just talked about that movie yeah. not very long ago. So I was like, oh. Kind yeah, of interesting, I can, so. I do see that because like with Hannibal, like he was so you can imagine that he was just very bored. Like that would have been the hardest thing for a character like that to be incarcerated yeah. is that he didn't all of the things that that brought him that made him feel alive, the like exploring other humans' minds and emotions and the cooking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the all, cooking. Yeah, like all of those things he he had no access to. Yeah. And so you imagine a mind like that just being completely deprived of any inspiration. Um, and so, and then Clarice shows up and inspires him mm-hmm. and yeah, in creep too, like the whole reason, like he was like ready to end because he, he'd been on, he'd been doing these killings for so long and he was just in a rut and he was done with it. And he's like, I can't keep doing this. It's he's not so gratifying proud. anymore. He was, like, depressed. he was depressed because like, he wasn't, it wasn't fulfilling fun. anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then she came along and like, she brought him, like made him feel alive and like energized him and inspired him in a it way he hadn't been. Him. Yeah, and he kept trying to like ruffle her feathers and and make yeah. her like. And then when she like, didn't ruffle, that yeah. like you know put him even more. That made off him all upset. And he's yeah. Like, oh, this is weird. Yeah. Not to compare that character with Hannibal Lecter. No, no, but, it's completely different types uh, of lunatics. <laughs> exactly, but I just was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, no, that's a very interesting so, connection. I just hadn't obviously when I watched this um, Silence of the Lambs, I hadn't really even like thought of this movie even remotely. So. Yeah. That's just like um, because we did that movie in the past, you know, a few months. It might be kind of fun to yeah. think about. But I mean, I can go on and on about this movie, but I will also never be showing this to my son, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Maybe my daughter. Yeah. 
Um, she might like it, but well, I can I can remark a little bit on this for for Parent Corner because both of our kids have seen this. Um, my son saw it much older than my daughter. This was actually our New Year's Eve pick um, Just last some light year. Watching. Yeah. Um, now Grace had already From, seen like, it. Cannibalism. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and she saw it. I mean, she was probably maybe 12. Don't look at me. Yeah, I know. You would not have approved of it. Um, my, but my, the anecdote that I referred to earlier that I freaking, freaking love is that the night that I showed it to her, you had ordered milkshakes for everyone from Polly Ann's yeah. and Grace had a vanilla milkshake and she's, we're sitting there watching the movie and she's sipping on her vanilla milkshake when multiple Migs throws his gum <laughs> at Jodie Foster and with flawless comedic timing she stops sipping hands her milkshake to me and goes want this <laughs> she didn't even look at me didn't turn her head or whatever it was just like here I can't drink this anymore and that's the story of Grace emancipating from her, <laughs> yeah, yeah. From her family but then like the, the like amazing part then was that um within the next year or two or whatever we were doing some badge in girl scouts where they were making t-shirts you know like take a black t-shirt and you do a design on it using a bleach pen uh-huh. she did the front of the t-shirt is a flawless hannibal lecter face uh-huh. with the mask on and the back is the quote about the fava beans and chianti oh yeah. that's lovely i mean I, I was just like when she did it i was absolutely <laughs> floored like that's uh, a word for it I, I didn't think she was psychotic at all yeah yeah uh, no, i mean it was i think you're just saying that stan or <laughs> yeah you're like that's great honey please don't murder me in my sleep. <laughs> but like going even further back though because like so this came out in 91 so it was released when i was nine years old mm-hmm. and um my parents watched it when it came out to rent on video so let's say i was maybe 10 and i have a very very clear memory of my parents being like yeah you can watch this with us and I, like we were like halfway through Clarice jogging through the woods and I'm like this is boring and I left to go eat like Flintstones vitamins <laughs> under the sofa or something <laughs> I still to this day wonder if like my parents knew that I would find it boring and ditch out before anything problematic happened or if it was one of those stories where like they had no fucking idea what this movie was about they didn't know what was in it what was gonna happen and they're, they're like, like yeah sure I, I hate to break it to you but it's the latter <laughs> yeah yeah and give a crap yeah no that that and that was that was that generation of parenting no well, crap let, given let's see what happens no i remember when it won all the academy awards asking my mom can i see this she goes no she said over my dead no, body no you can't <laughs> go play with your gi joes that don't have guns yeah oh god Aww. let's not get started on that he's still mad that his little brother got toy guns and he didn't like, um, this is trash yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this is like, you know, obviously not a kid's movie, not, not no. a movie for children, um, a lot of problematic content, um, and also, it, with, with the except, because Grace truly does love it. She yeah. enjoyed it the first time out the gate, like, she rewatched it after that. Um, I think, she, I mean, she's obviously an anomaly. Um, that most young kids, not only would it be inappropriate for them, but they also just wouldn't even enjoy it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in showing it to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, generally, movie that has cum flinging, not for children. <laughs> Is that a rule of thumb? I mean, at least a scene that you might skip. 
Yeah, well, part of me wonders if I showed it to her the first time and I did skip that scene and then it was like a second time that she we were rewatching it and she saw that scene. I don't know. I don't know. She's like, not for me. Yeah. I don't want this milkshake. Yeah. I'm good. Um, yeah, and then obviously that, that that is definitely a moment that you could cover eyes or whatever if you wanted to. But it's at that not point, part of the story. You don't need to see it. Yeah, I mean, it explains why uh, Hannibal calls her back. But if they're too young to see the cumplinging, then they don't need that. They don't need to make that link. They can just yeah. proceed without it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, if they're if they're too young to see that element, then they're probably too young to appreciate the movie anyway. True, and there's also, like, the blondie on the table, which also, aside from the head in the jar, are all um, actors, like, actual women. Laying there flat. Yeah, Yeah. and um, pretending to be dead. (laughs) So, they're not, like, fake. Um, They're like, we can't afford fake bodies. We're going to pay real people to do this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to put these, uh, what was it, uh... Tootsie Roll Pop and Jolly Rancher. Ew, ew what? Which made the uh, cocoon. Gross. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Although that's tasty. Cool. That's fun. I'm going to have something shoved behind my soft palate. That's it, yeah. Jolly Rancher. Can, can, a candy. That works, I guess. I yeah, they, they made the cocoon with a, with the candies. You're just full of fun facts. There you go. Woo! Well, I mean, we're, we're pretty deep into this episode, so we should probably pull the plug, even though we... I'm sure it could continue for quite some I know, time. Nobody cares. <laughs> well, I hope they, they got to care somewhat if they're still with us at, at minute hour 42. Well, that's fine. Um, <laughs> next I think, time. I think, uh, yeah, next time we are talking about the grudge, the 20, what is it? 2020. So like the so, newest grudge. With John Chip. Yeah, but we'll also check in on the, what was it, like 2002 Sarah Michelle Geller? Yes. And then, yeah. or the 2002 was the Japanese original. That was 2004 was the. And the Sarah Michelle, and then, there, and then there was Grudge 2 and Grudge 3. Like, there, there's a whole bunch, and I'm sure we'll we'll check in on They're all of them. They're all cemented. Yep. I'll talk about For that. real. Uh, but yeah, our primary focus will be the, the new John Cho version. Which I love. I, well, it gives me like a stomach ache. Oh, but I like it. That's yeah. That's that's Meredith's version of two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up. Okay, so thanks for joining us. If you're still here, good job. <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Congratulations. Okay. Well, and also thanks to Tom for joining us. Yay! Yay. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.